high atop Boston, it's Celtics Express, where we bring you the latest in the quest for Banner 18. It's the Prince of the Parquet, the Captain of Causeway, the Governor of Green. Oh, wait, really? He quit? Okay, then. Here's your host, Jay Corwin. Welcome into Celtics Express. I'm your host as we travel deep into the NBA vortex. Jay Corwin, find us as always on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, the source for all your NBA needs at Celtics Express on Twitter and everywhere fine podcasts are consumed. We fill your brain with everything that your Celtics heart desires. We also track major stories from across the league, of course, all in less than 20 minutes and a shot. If you're new, welcome aboard for our legions of fans. Thanks for the time. We love you. This time around on your favorite podcast, we're joined by 98.5, the Sports Hub Celtics Radio Network studio host, Sean Silver. We'll discuss the Celtics' win in the desert over the Suns' injuries, injury byproducts, T. Rovers, M. Smart, Marcus Morris, the playoff push, and, of course, Kyrie Irving with just a couple weeks to go in the NBA regular season. Rook Jason Tatum led the way for the green, putting up 23 points, 6 rebounds. The Celtics topped the Suns 102-94 in Phoenix. Celtics moved to 51-23 and on the season. Three games behind the Raptors for that top spot in the East. Eight games to go for the Suns. That's their 12th straight loss. Tatum did surpass 1,000 points for the season. No Kyrie, no Devin Booker for Phoenix in this one. More on Kyrie shortly in his injury status. The Celtics came out hot. The Suns, not as much. 31-15 after the first quarter. Behind some hot shooting from behind the arc from the green. The Suns then battled back. Tatum on the roller coaster that is the NBA. We came out on top early. And then uh, second quarter, and they pulled it back. I mean, we were only up three coming into halftime. And, you know, third quarter was kind of the same back and forth. But uh, we were able to pull away in the fourth. Head coach Brad Stevens on the grind in that injury-depleted roster. Things start going your way or things go the other way, and it's just hard to stop that tide, right? And I think ultimately you have to play every single night, and you have to play well every single night. This isn't like, you know, it's not like we have a lot of good players not here. And ultimately, when our guys step on the court, they're going to have to play really well to win every time. Doesn't matter. Boston also got 20 points from Marcus Morris off the bench in his return to Phoenix, but he might join that injury bug list. Mook sat out the fourth after re-aggravating an ankle sprain suffered Sunday in Sacramento. Doesn't appear to be major. He did limp off the court into the locker room. He spoke after the game about why he's acclimated so well to this roster. Just, you know, fitting in the offense, you know, uh, moving around, you know, figuring out mismatches. You know, I've been at the three and a four, so it's, it's almost like, you know, I got a mismatch on either side and just letting the game come to me, not forcing it. Rookie Josh Jackson once rumored to be a possible Celtic draft pick before shunning workouts for the team last year. Led the Suns with 23 points. He scored 15 or more in seven straight games. He's got a lot of work to do in my book. His shot is very ugly. Looks like Rajon Rondo. And there's that perceived attitude thing, but he is very versatile and athletic. We did see him play both on and off the ball with success. Kyrie Irving out again for the seas after undergoing what the team is calling a minimally invasive procedure on his lingering left knee. After receiving second and third opinions last week, Kyrie went in for the procedure to take a tension wire out that was inserted during the 2016 playoffs. 
Kyrie is expected to miss three to six weeks, which will obviously have a major effect on what green teamers can expect in the playoffs. A guy who has some history with Kyrie, as well as a guy who has some history in Boston, speaking on ESPN's The Jump about the surgery, LeBron's little step row, Brian Windhorst, and the truth. So Kyrie is always going to be very protective over his long term compared to short term. He did this with Cleveland. He sought second opinion, seeing James Andrews several times. Um, I will say this. In, if 15 years covering the NBA has taught me anything, is that there's no such thing as a minor knee surgery. Right. Mm, uh, not at all. I mean, this is something we see every summer. Oh, he'll be back for, for, for training camp. Oh, it's no big deal, four to six weeks. That's just not true. That's not the way it's going to be. Secondly, frankly, after what happened with Isaiah Thomas last year, where the Celtics said everything was A-OK, right. and he ended up playing through the in, this injury that has had, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's, a dramatically negative effect on his career. I don't blame Kyrie for going out and getting second opinions and being cautious. And, and the Celtics, and, and look, I know these are your guys. I know they took great care of you when, you when they were there. But the Celtics changed out a big portion of their training and medical staff last year. Now, they had very good explanations for why they did it. For me, I saw a misdiagnosis of Isaiah Thomas. And now Kyrie Irving, who is keenly aware of what happened there, has to manage his own knee. And whether that's 10% of his decision or 26% or whatever, that's a factor how so this how happens going forward. How do you weigh it, Paul? I'm super concerned for the Celtics because everything the Celtics do goes through Kyrie. I mean, they already were a team who struggled offensively all year long. And you're talking about a guy who, who puts up 25 points a game, pretty much dictates everything they do on offense. Now, like you said, any knee surgery, every knee surgery does something to you. I had my knee drained. It was nothing but fluid. But my knee was weak for a good month. And he had a, a, a more complicated procedure than I did. And so if he's not back to 100%, it, that can be trouble for the Celtics. Certainly not ringing endorsements from that pair for Kyrie's return. With that, it's time to dial up the Celtics Express customer service line. Teddy, hit me. Got NBA on the brain? Call the sex line. Whoa there. That's Celtics Express Customer Service. Give us your take at 617-807-0013 to be heard on the show. We bring in 98.5, the Sports Hub Celtics Radio Network studio host, Sean Silver, to give us all the answers to life. Sean, how you doing? Doing all right. Uh, you know, we've been having these conversations for quite a while. I've been waiting for the spring weather for pretty much all of that time, so let's hope it's coming soon. Yeah, I hear that. No snow today, and I hear in Pennsylvania they are bringing Punxsutawney Phil up on charges. That's a real story, actually. Look that up. It's uh, quite quite disturbing. So no Kyrie Irving, no Devin Booker last night. He was out again, uh, but still a pretty good one in the desert after the uh, Celtics went up big early. Your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, the, the Celtics did what they needed to do last night. Obviously, they came out cooking in that first quarter. Jason Tatum looked great, and they built that 20-point lead, and as the Celtics tend to do. I believe I've used this exact terminology on the Celtics Express before. They just fritter away a lead against a, uh, an inferior team. Uh, this is, again, the same team that, that comes back from double digits against really good teams pretty much uh, routinely and is well over 500 uh, against playoff teams in the NBA. Uh, I think they have a record of like 11-6 and six against the top eight teams in the NBA, but I could be off with that. Uh, it's, it's at least an anecdote that I'd like to share. I mean, I was doing the game last night for Celtics Radio. I think I broke into the facts of life jingle for like a, a minute there. You know, you take the good, you take the bad. Corford stepped up in the second half. Uh, good to see Jason Tatum, uh, you know, having another a game where his leadership uh, role continues to grow. Uh, they took care of business, and uh, that's just what you need to see finishing out back-to-back on the West Coast. 
Yeah, for East Coasters, uh, staying up late watching that game after the first quarter, probably passing out, thinking that game was pretty much in hand, but we all know better, of course. Your point about injuries in the bench, you were talking about Jason Tatum getting so much extra time with so many men down. It could be a blessing in disguise. Could it pay off this year, or will it pay off maybe next year? Could it hurt the Celtics because Terry Rozier, Sean, all of a sudden somebody might give him a max contract on the open market? Yeah, the Rozier thing's going to be interesting. I mean, it, it's the first two years of his career, you're like, okay, this guy's coming along. He's showing signs of being maybe a good backup point guard, and, and then this year happens. I mean, I won't lie, one of the first things that crossed my mind after the Gordon Hayward injury was, uh, other than, oh, how horrifying, was, well, okay, now we get to see some of these guys. I mean, the Celtics were only going to be a championship team, right, if they had their three, you know, max or neighborhood max guys. And then a really, really good supporting cast because those max guys weren't, quite frankly, aren't good enough to beat the Warriors. Uh, if that really, really good supporting cast continues to develop, that's great for the Celts, and we'll just have to make the hard decisions down the line. I mean, I love Terry Rozier. Uh, I'd love to continue to see him in green because, you know, he warms my heart, basically, with the brand of mm. basketball that he, he plays. It's inspiring. He uh, drives me crazy with his, you know, crazy drives into the lane and reverse layups. Oh, but, you uh, love it. You know, that's that's Terry Rozier's game. And, and uh, you know, if it comes down to it, yeah, there are plenty of backup point guards in the league. The Celtics, it's just a, a symptom of being good. They have to make tough decisions with their roster. The water bug, as I call him, I call him a poor man's Victor Oladipo right now. And I do think he has the potential to be a starter somewhere down the line. Yes. I've been saying that for a while. So on the hot seat, Sean Silver Linings. Is it Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart moving forward for this franchise? Well, like it to be Terry Rozier, you wonder if the financials will work out to the point where it's Marcus Smart because there's a guy who was talking about $15 million at the beginning of the season, couldn't come to terms with the Celtics, and uh, now it looks like he's going to get uh, hit restricted free agency and maybe be in that 5 to $7 million range, particularly with this injury. Um, at least if you're a Celtics fan, you you – you know, you probably want Marcus Smart to, to get some money because he tries hard and all that, but you also want him on your team on an agreeable deal. So it uh, looks like Marcus Smart is going to continue to be here. Um, hopefully he can get back and contribute for the Celtics this year if they need him at, at any juncture. But, uh, you know, that looks like the more realistic scenario, even if, wow, Terry Rozier is the kind of guy who's getting 19 points, five rebounds, and some like six assists in the games that he started this year for the season. Yeah, talk about opposite trajectories for both players, Rozier and Smart, over the past few months. Speaking of trajectory, uh, Morris going down last night in his return to Phoenix. He re-injured that ankle that he pulled him from that game Sunday in Sacramento. Your thoughts on that could be big, Sean. This guy gets some injuries. You know, the knee bugged him for a while earlier in the season. So this is the time of the year where, you know, you're not taking the foot off the pedal with your team, but you're definitely allowing your guys to heal because he's going to be a big part what you're trying to do in the postseason. I think that Marcus Morris, after kind of uh, some fits and starts there at the beginning, has become exactly the player that the Celtics wanted him to be when they acquired him this summer. Yeah, he's been awesome. And finally, can the Seas catch the Raptors? I've been really annoyed with this narrative, Sean, over the past few weeks. You hear national media saying, well, no point in trying. They're five games back. 
No chance they can catch them. The Raptors on offense right up there with the Warriors and Rockets in scoring. I think the home court advantage could be huge for the Celtics. Does anyone care? I do because, check this out, Sean, the Raptors, two games left against Boston. They're three back right now. One of those games this weekend at the Garden, one in Indy, one at Miami, one at Cleveland. I think it's feasible, and I think it matters. I think it matters, too. I mean, Canadians are the, – the Toronto crowd is crazy. They're not. I mean, I'm not going to single out Canadians necessarily, but a lot of markets where – um, you know, a team is a novelty or they only have one big league team. Mm. They really, really get behind it. So, you know, Canadians are going to love hockey and they only have one basketball team in the entire country. They love the Raptors. So, so that home court advantage is definitely a thing there. Uh, if you're the Celtics, you're not rushing back Kyrie Irving to try and get the one seed. You're not trying to get some sort of, uh, you know, miracle with Daniel Tice or Marcus Smart right now and get them back in the fold. And you're not rushing back Marcus Morris. But to, to your point, uh, I think with the players that they have, they're going out there and trying to execute and win ball games every night. There's no chill element to this final stretch for the Celtics. The only thing is, do they have the personnel to be able to win the majority of games and catch up on the Raptors in a relatively short period of time? We shall see. Sean Silver from 98.5, the Sports Sub Celtics studio host. Hear him on Celtics Radio. Also check out his writing. Very good stuff. Uh, for you on 98.5, the Sports Hub's website. Sean, as always, we appreciate your time. We will catch up soon. Thank you, sir. Hope you have a good one. We thank Sean for his time and commitment to the cause at the Silver Fox on Twitter. Also, shout out to that Facts of Life reference and shout out to our studio audience at Celtics Express. All right, all right. Still plenty of room to jockey around in those Eastern Conference standings. Just five and a half games separate the Cavaliers in that three seed from the Heat, who are securely ahead of Detroit in that eight spot. The Celtics march into the land of Mormons Wednesday evening for a tilt with super rookie Donovan Mitchell and company. That includes gorgeous Georges Niang of Methuen. He was called up by the Jazz in mid-January from the G League's Salt Lake City Stars. Tip-off Wednesday from the Vivint Smart Home Arena in Salt Lake City, 9.30 our time. As we wrap another episode of Celtics Express, remember to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OTG Basketball, and at Celtics Express on that Twitter machine. We thank our producer, Teddy Tuhat, our guest, Sean Silver today, our legions of fans, and of course, Dr. James Naismith. Until next time, I'm your host, Jay Corwin. Happy alleged spring. We'll see you at the Garden.